Um, but I, I am so glad to be here tonight with you. As Pastor Derek said, I'm friends with a lot of you guys and a lot of familiar faces in the crowd and just so thankful to be a part of what y'all are doing here. I mean, he's not lying. It's been a year. I, I, I've watched several things online, and, and when y'all first were getting started, man, I was like, how many services they have in a week? You know, there was just service after service, but you know, it excites me to know that there are people that are excited about Jesus, amen? And so it, it doesn't take long to, to get excited when you're around people like that, and I've known, I've known uh, Pastor Derek and Pastor Jennifer for a long, long time, even before they were together. I'm, I've known her for a long time. You can't be associated with Lowndes County and know her and her family. And uh, and I remember when Derek hit the scene, if you know what I mean, you know, and and uh, he had found his good thing and he showed up. And uh, so, but dear friends of mine, so glad to be connected to them and what they're doing in the city all over with serving and, and outreaches and things, and it's so great. Come on, do you love your pastors tonight? Can you make some noise for them? And what about Revive Church? I mean, just, just got a new name, a new vision, headed somewhere, going places, doing things. Come on, do you love Revive Church? If you're a part of this house, come on, can you make some noise? Yes, you should be excited about serving the Lord together. Listen, I'm going to jump right in tonight. Uh, RJ asked me if I had a title for a message, and I really didn't at the moment. But I'm going to title it this, if you'll let me, and it's Making the Most of Your Time. Look at your neighbor right now and say, Making the Most of Your Time. Come on, church, you're going to have to help me out in here. Is this revived church or is this a cemetery? Come on. Look at your neighbor that you didn't look at right now and say, making the most of your time. How many knows that we've had a crazy year and a half or so? The world is going crazy. The world is in chaos, and it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. Just all kinds of things have changed, and we have changing of power in leadership in our country. And it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican or Independent. There's just been a lot of changes, whether you're vaccinated or you're not vaccinated. You think masks work or they don't work. It don't really matter. We've just had a lot of change. And, I, and, and if we're honest, a lot of us have been affected by things that have changed with loss and people hurting and struggling. Everywhere that you look, there's bitterness and there's fighting and there's people that are bold behind a keyboard and they love to just stir up animosity. If there's ever a time in this world, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a time of turmoil, right? We've had a lot of change. And so I believe that God is calling us to do something. And, and I know a lot of you here have, have dealt with loss and things in your life. And for me, one of the toughest things that happened to me this year was the loss of my granddad. Now, some of you probably know my grandfather. I know he, he knew a lot of you, and he loved you, but that was a big loss to me and my family. And, and I get to, you know, he, he lived, and, and now that he's gone, that loss, I, have, I, I find myself wanting to talk to him and spend time with him and being a part of him, but he's no longer there. But the good news is, is I can look back upon his life or the time that I've spent and I can see how he purposed his life, what his priorities were, and the legacy that he's left for me. And, uh, you know, my granddad, he, he was born in uh, June 8, 1933, uh, and he died in 
in, in February, February 9th, 21 of this year. But to me, church, he was a living legend. I mean, and a little bit about his story. He was saved at 15. He was one of the first in his family to, to come to Christ. And I'm telling you, when he was saved, it instantly took. He, 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 never, re, he never relented from the call of the God. God called him into ministry at the age of 15. He never looked back. He lived a whole lifetime of pursuing God. Everywhere that he went, everything that he said, no matter what he was doing, God was his purpose. God was his priority. God was the legacy that he left. From the time that he lived to the die that he left this earth, all I know about him was he was passionate about Jesus. But, you know, today he's had his homecoming. He's in the presence of God. And no matter how much I love him and I wish I could bring him back and wrap my arms around him right now, I can't. But, you know, even if I could, he would probably tell me, no, son, I'm finally home. I, as much as he loves me and he loves our family, and lo he loved a good time, he loved a good joke, he just loved to have, he was a man full of life, he wouldn't want to come back here because he's finally made it home. And I believe as believers, we have forgotten something today, that this earth is not our home. We're heading to a place one day. This is just a hotel. Anybody ever stayed in a real nice hotel? I'm talking about a nice hotel. I ain't talking about no, no little hotel. I'm talking about one of them swanky hotels. You know, they got 17 pillars on the bed. You don't even know. You ain't sleeping on all them pillars. I don't know why they put, I mean, that plush linen all over it. You know, it's good when you get to go on a little staycation and you get to get in a hotel, amen. Hotel. Come on, everybody say hotel. Right, it feels good to be. And you, act, you act a lot different in a hotel than you do at home. When you're, in a ho when you're at home, you're trying to make sure ain't no lights cut on. You'll be over there sweeping the floor with a flashlight. No, don't turn that on. Ain't no, no electric bill coming up on me. You in a hotel, you'll turn every lamp on, every light on. You'll crank the AC down to 62, let it free. You pray it is snowing in that room. Can I get an amen? Why? Because you ain't home. You in the hotel. You, you get out of the shower and you'll dry off with 17 towels. It don't matter because you ain't doing laundry tonight because you in the hotel, right? But you know what we do? When you finish your staycation... What do we all do? We got to go to that desk and we got to check out. And no matter how nice that hotel was, no matter how much fun we had on vacation, guess what? We got to go home. If you stay in one long enough, you're going to say, my, I've got to get home. And I believe that we got to understand tonight, this earth is not our home. This hotel called earth is not our home. No matter how nice and comfortable this place is, it's not the place that my soul longs to be. It's not where I'm longing to be. Come on, somebody say, this is not my home. And see, that's why the Bible tells us not to be conformed to the patterns and the things of this world, because this is not our home. Our destination is in heaven. Our reward is in heaven one day. This is not our home. I want you to see what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 and 10. He says, therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in this body, we're away from the Lord. So he's saying, look, as long as we're in this earthly vessel right here, we're not where we want to be. We want to be home. He said, but we're confident. I say, I would even, for we live by faith and not by sight. See, we're believing. We haven't seen it yet. We're believing. We're confident. I say, and we prefer to be away from this body and at home 
with the Lord. So he's saying, listen, we're not where we want to be. We're in this earthly vessel. We're not home. We're just in this hotel. But we're confident that we're heading there one day. But if we had our preference, we would not be living here. We would be headed home. So what does he say we do? Well, he says we make it our goal while we're in this body to please him. For one day, we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for us for the things that we have done while we were in this body, good or bad. Everybody say, one day we're going to stand before God and give an account for what we've done. See, Paul is saying we're in this fleshly body, but we're longing to be home with the Lord. But while we're here on this temporary place called earth, it should be our purpose and our goal is to please Him. Everything that we should do, we should know that one day we're going to give account for and we're going to, he's going to stand, we're going to stand before God for everything that we've done. So one day we will stand before our judge. And so one day we're going to ask, have to ask a couple questions. I think one of the questions that we're going to have to ask is this, is what did you do with my Jesus? What did you do if we're talking about the things that we have done, what did you do with my Jesus? Look at your neighbor and say, what are you doing with Jesus? Come on, look at him. See, God is telling us, listen, what are you doing with my Jesus? I sent him to the earth to be born, to live, to die, to be resurrected, to give all of humanity hope and salvation and a home in heaven. What are you doing with my Jesus? Do you think he's just a good Biblical scripture figure or a good man or a good example. Maybe you think he's a good teacher or a good leader. Maybe you knew who he was or you know about him. Maybe you come to church and you hear people talk about Jesus. But what are you doing with Jesus? I think another question that we're going to have to ask one day when we're standing before the Lord is what did you do with the time that I gave you? What did you do with the time that I gave you? I've entrusted you. I believe God is, is if he could speak to us right now, he said, hey, look, I've entrusted you with a lot of things. I've given, you, I've given you time. I've given you talent. I've given you skills. I've given you ability. I've given you influence. I've given you technology. I've given you a lot of things. But what have you done with the life or the time that I have given to you? See, however... We answer those questions one day is whether we're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you. Well done is the words that we're wanting to hear, right? Not well said, not well intended, not well pretended, not I, you had good intentions, not well spoken, not well careered. Not well-dressed, not well-riched, but the words that I'm longing to hear is well done. Can I get amen? So, we've got to answer this question. What did you do with my Jesus, and what did you do with the time that I allotted you here on earth? Paul talks about it as being a race that we're on. He talks about our time or our purpose being a race in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, do you not know that in a race that all runners run, but only one receives the prize? 
And then he challenged us. He said, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Paul said we are in the race of our lives. When we're living in this fleshly body, we're in the race of our lives, and we should be running with a purpose to achieve the grand prize, which is in Christ Jesus. See, in, in, in biblical times, Paul was...